Well, you're in for a treat. Would you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 27? If you do not have a Bible, you can download the app at Uversion app. You can just type in Bible into any major Android, Google, whatever. You'll find it there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. We are in part two of our series titled Hard Sayings of Jesus. And do not miss next week. We are going to be talking about, Pastor Eugene's going to be addressing the whole idea of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. What's the deal with that? Unpardonable sin. Uh, parents, let me just tell you right now, at some point, your son and daughter is going to ask you that question. So Pastor Eugene is going to help us with that next week. What is that about? Then the next week after that, we're going to be addressing the hard saying of Jesus where he said, you got to drink my blood, eat my flesh. What's that about? All right, so uh, we're going to look at that, and, uh, and then that's next week after that is Easter. So I'll be inviting somebody, and, and man, it's just going to be fun. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Are you there? Cool. All 12 of you, great. Just stay with me, all right, today. Come on, just lean in, all right? If you need to stand up and stretch, just get the blood flowing. You lost an hour of sleep. It's okay, all right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, all right? And uh, before we read, I know it's up on the screen, uh, I just want to give you a little bit of background, all right? So let me give you a little bit of context. Jesus was an actual person. He's, he, was, he was and is fully God and fully man. And he lived over 2,000 years ago. He was born of a virgin. Her name was Mary. That was his mom. And he came for many reasons, but the primary reason was to seek and to save that which is lost, to save you and to save me. And he preached a message. Obviously, he preached a lot of things, but he preached two primary things. He preached the kingdom of God is here. He would kind of say it's on the way. It's now. He talked a lot about the kingdom. How many of y'all know we need more of the kingdom of God invading our... So he preached a lot about that, but he also preached a word called repentance. He talked a lot. In fact, the first thing he kind of did when he started ministering was he said, repent, turn, turn from your ways, uh, turn away from, change the way you think about God. And uh, some people listened to him. Other people didn't, but many people did. And word started spreading about him. Uh, and so he started to kind of gather a crowd. He's healing people. People are, are not only realizing that he really is the son of God, but they're also seeing it actually shown before them when ligaments are realigned and things are happening and dead people are raising. I mean, just pretty awesome stuff that's happening because he is a supernatural God. And so there's a crowd that's starting to build, all right? Now we're here in Matthew 5. There's a crowd that's starting to build. But you know what? Jesus was never looking for a crowd. He's looking for a disciple. Jesus is not, he was never looking. He's okay with gathering crowds. But we should never stay at the crowd level with Christ. But he wants us to be followers of him. And so he gathers this crowd and he's up on this, on this mount. And it's the most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, right? And it's an amazing, it's long, it's Matthew 5, kind of a couple chapters there. And he says some really good things and he also says some really difficult things. And the reason why is because he's not just looking for a crowd, he's looking for a follower. And so here are, let's check this out, here's some difficult things that he says, and we're going to address this today. Matthew 5, verse 27. He says, men, you can run out right now because you're not going to like this. Ladies too, but definitely dudes. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you, 
And anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And everybody's heart just sank. All right, next verse. Gets worse. If your right eye, I'm glad you came today. If your right eye causes you to stumble, just gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand, he doesn't just stop with your eyes. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. I entitled this message this morning, Cut It Off. Cut it off. Would you look to your neighbor, just nudge him, say, cut it off. I hate it when people do that to me. So I love as a communicator to do that to other people. I'm always like, I don't want to talk to him. I just came today, all right? Just leave me alone. Goodness gracious. So I'm in control. I got the mic. It's right here. Wait, let me, let me pray for you today. And I want to encourage you this, this week. Would you be praying for our youth conference that's happening next Friday? And we're really excited. This, uh, I mean, I know our generation needs a move of God. And I, I got a report to you. I think this generation is in a move of God. And uh, there's some really cool things that are happening. We're excited. Churches are gathering together. Our, your church is hosting it. Be praying for them. It's going to be awesome. Can we, pray for, can we pray for that together? Father, we lift up our amazing students to you. God, we pray that this weekend that they would have a moment that they can never walk away from. Father, I pray today that, Lord, that you would anoint them. I pray that you would call them. I pray that they would see the bigness of you and the bigness of your call in their lives. And, Lord, we are lifting up this generation, God. Our, our own state just, re, just experienced such a tragic shooting on one of our campuses not too long ago. God, we say no more. God, we pray, and we know that it's not just a matter of external things, but it is ultimately a matter of heart that only you can change. And so, Lord, we are asking that you would fire up our students to go after you with everything in them, in Jesus' name. And somebody said, amen. amen. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like the passage of Scripture I just read. I don't enjoy it. There are many things in the Scriptures that I'm not crazy about. Uh, but if I'm going to be a really follower of Jesus, I'm not just going to follow the things I like. I'm also going to follow the things that I don't like. And how many of y'all know that normally it's when you follow the things that your parents, that you don't like that your parents are saying, you typically end up better. And so there's something that we need to learn here, but I think we all can agree this is pretty difficult. I remember the first time I read this passage, I thought back. I was in late middle school. I grew up as a, in a church kid in late middle school. And I remember, I, and if this offends you, I apologize. But I remember these are the words that came out of my mouth the first time I read this, eighth grade, all right? I read this, you know, a woman, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery in his heart, gouge it out, chuck off the thing, whatever. And I just, I put my hands up, the Bible's in front of me, I said, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I, like, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I, I got a serious problem with this verse. Hormones are flying, I'm like, just, I'm, I'm, I got issues. And then, and, then I, and then I had two kind of bigger questions, right? So, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys approach this, but my first question was how in the world am I going to creatively and with, a, with as much comfort as possible gouge my eyes out and cut off my hands because I don't want to go to hell. Like I'm, I'm, right? So, and then the second question is what is everybody else doing with eyes and hands? Because they're all liars. Now, luckily I was in a, 
youth ministry, and I had a youth pastor and a small group leader that helped me through some of that stuff. And I want to say right up front, this is a hyperbole. This is a hyperbolic statement. Hyperbole simply means an exaggerated statement to prove a point, all right? Now, Jesus is not saying that you should cut your hands off. We, should, we do not have chopping blocks out in our lobby uh, today, all right? It's a hyperbolic, not today, maybe next week. We'll see how it all rolls. So, see how this, this, thing, uh, this thing ends up, right? So if he's not saying that, well, what is Jesus talking about? Well, Jesus is addressing sin. He's addressing sin. Aren't you glad you came to church today? We're going to talk about sin. I promise it'll get better, but it's going to get worse for a little bit. And I want to tell you, I want to give you a really basic definition. There's some real theological terms you can use. You can go back to the Greek and Hebrew, missing the mark. Uh, but I, I really like this definition. I think it's simple and powerful, but sin is pride and rebellion. It's, it's really, at the essence, it's pride and rebellion. Pride is that I don't need nor believe. So I don't, I don't need God, or I just, I'm just not going to believe God. And rebellion is, I'm aware, I just don't care. And this is, this is sin. This is sin before God. Which brings me to my first point today. If you're writing any, any notes down, sin, from this passage in Matthew 5, we'll see it in other places, but sin matters to God. Sin matters to God because you matter to God. Because sin affects you. And sin leads to death. The punishment of sin is death. We see this in the Old Testament. It's also true today. And sin, I, I didn't know how else to put it, but sin equals death. It also leads to death. Now, Romans 6 Verse 23, let me show you a couple of passages to prove it. This isn't just my thought. This is definitely clear in scripture. Paul says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. death. Well, we got a problem because we just read that if we just commit, if we just look at a woman lustfully, we've already committed adultery, which is sin clearly with her in our heart. And sin equals death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, we'll get to that in a second, then we can all run around the room and have some fun. Maybe I will, I don't know. Second passage, let me tell you this. James addresses somewhat, I thought this was really good, the process of sin a little bit here. So he says, maybe you can relate to this personally. But each person, there's a, there's a temptation, right? It kind of starts, starts small. And when they're dragged away by their own evil desires, there's our own, what is that? That's pride, that's when I say, you know what, I want what I want. I don't want what my creator who created me wants. I want what I want. Well, that's, that's gonna, it's going to entice. And then after it's been conceived, it's going to give birth to what? Sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to, there we see it again, death. Sin equals death. Let me just break down this passage a little bit more. You know what this is saying here? Sin starts small. And it starts comfortable, but it will kill you. One glance at her seems like no big deal. One thought here seems like no big deal. One little cheat here seems like no big deal. One little arrogance here doesn't seem like a big deal. I can control this. I can handle this. But the truth is, is that sin will lead to death every single time. 
it will destroy you. And, it, and sin matters to God because you matter to God. Would you just take a moment and just say this? I know this is awkward. Just say, I, I matter, to God. matter to God. You matter to God. Maybe nobody's told you that in a while, but you matter to God. God does not want to see you in sin anymore, and he doesn't want to see me in sin and pride and rebellion because it affects us, and it leads to death, and it will destroy you three ways. You may want to write this down, but it will destroy you internally. Let's talk about that for a second. First Peter talks about that there's a, there's a waging of war inside of our soul. It actually says sin is waging war. And the truth is, I didn't even have to tell you that. You know this, don't you? We know this, don't we? We feel the guilt and the shame of not doing what our creators called us to do. Now, our culture says, just go buy another car. Just go put it on the credit card. Just go get a bigger house. Go get a different wife. Go do a different drug. Go drink a different sip. But we know that none of that will actually fulfill this void that is destroying us on the inside. So not only is it destroying us eternally, but it is destroying us internally. This culture is the most depressed culture in the history of mankind. We have more over-the-counter drugs than we could ever imagine. And it's not working. It's not working. We just had a dude feel like the best way he can cope with his internal struggles is to go shoot up a school. And we want to act like sin isn't a big deal. Sin matters to God. And I'm telling you, that young man, for whatever reason, he thought that was the best thing he should have done that day. How do we get there? And we look at that and go, I could never do that. But the truth is that he never started there. It never starts there. But it always, sin always takes you further than you could ever imagine. It takes you to places you never, and all of a sudden it starts controlling you. And then what's even worse about it, well, I think what the real depressing part is that it's actually the internal desires inside of you. And so then we walk around with guilt. We walk around with shame. We walk around with, and we're just trying to, to let everybody else know through the Instagram filter that we're doing just fine. <laughs> but the truth is we're not. We're not. And if you're imperfect, you showed up at the right church today. We're a bunch of imperfect people serving a great God. Amen. I've preached on this enough, but I just, I got to say also, externally, it will destroy you externally. Your marriage will be destroyed. If you're looking at getting into a serious relationship, we got to get this stuff right. On both sides of the aisle, we got to get this stuff right. If you're a parent today and you're parenting your children, if you're a child today and you're trying to figure out life, I'm telling you, sin is going to destroy you. And it's not only going to destroy you, it's going to destroy the relationships around you. It's going to break up stuff. Gentlemen, not too long ago, he, we, were, we were sitting around a, a coffee and he said, man, I wish I would have learned this 20 years ago. My goodness, I would have saved myself so much pain. And I could have told so many more people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Which leads me to my next point, is that I got some good news today. Hey, <laughs> Jesus paid for our sin. Come on, you can clap it out if you want to. Yeah. This is why we're so excited today because we are people that our sin deserves death. Our sin deserves punishment, but guess what? Jesus stepped in. He went to the cross and he took our punishment. He hung on a tree for you and for me and he took our place 
so that death came upon him so that we might be free. Yes, it's good news. Now I want to give you some verses because we haven't run around the room yet. So let's just get a couple more going here. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still in our pride, in our rebellion, we did not know any better. We did not know what to do. We, we didn't need nor believe. We were aware. We did not care. It was leading us. It was destroying us internally, externally, eternally. And while we were in the midst of being arrogant before a God that we should worship with everything in us, he went to the cross and died for you and for me. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. This gets me so excited, I can't take it. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him, that being Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. You put him on that cross. I put him on that cross. Our sin put him on that cross. But so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Did you know today that if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are the righteousness of God? Don't let the enemy condemn you and tell you you're not. And when we sin, we'll talk about that in just a second, but you know what? We just go, you know what? That's not me anymore. That used to be me. That's how I had to do stuff before. That's how I had to cope with that before, but I don't have to cope that way anymore. I can be free, and I have hope, and I have joy. Oh, that's just too much. I can't even contain myself. Is there another verse? If there is, I don't know if I can handle it. Okay, there is. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous being Jesus for the unrighteous. To bring us to God. You can be brought to God. We can be brought to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit. And the same thing can happen for you and for me. Oh my goodness. Incredible. So this leads to the next question. Okay, so if sin equals death, the punishment of sin is death. It's going to destroy us internally, externally, eternally. Here's the question. If Jesus paid for all of our sins, past, present, future, do we still need to take this passage seriously? What do you think? Okay, some people would say no. They're crazy, all right? And if you're there, I want to prove to you that that's not the case. Yes, we should be taking sin extremely seriously. Let me prove it to you. Romans 6, Paul addresses this exact thing here. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we just go on sinning so that grace can increase? By no means. We are those who have died to what? We've died to our pride and rebellion. We've died to, I don't need nor believe, I'm, I'm aware, but I don't care. We've died to the punishment of sin. How should we, how can we and how should we live in it any longer? We're missing the point of being a follower of Jesus. And following Christ is not simply just being a part of the crowd. It's actually following Jesus. It's turning away from our sin, changing the way we think about God. We are not on the throne anymore. We, we choose to dethrone ourselves, and we put Jesus as center stage on our lives, and we, we walk towards him. Let me show you another one. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Now, let me be clear. Here's Paul. He's preaching to the church of Corinth, talking to them. He is saved, right? He's God has paid the price for his past, present, and future sins. And look how he addresses sin. He says, you know what? I'm striking blows to my body. Dudes, I don't know about you. I just like that language. Like, he is beating himself up and making it my slave so that after I've preached this gospel, 
this good news that God's love, that God's goodness, he can restore, he can forgive all of humanity. After I've preached to everybody, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Yes, he's forgiven, but he still is literally, he's in a war against his flesh. To say, you know what, I am not going there again. I'm going to literally, obviously, once again, hyperbole here. Don't start beating yourself in the mirror, all right? It won't go well, I promise you. And I don't even know who wins. Like, do you? Okay. Next passage. Here's one more. So those are from Paul. Here's from Peter. 1 Peter 1.14 says, As obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Before Christ, before the cross, But just as he who called you is holy, be holy. What does that word holy mean? It means set apart. Be different. Don't be looking like the world. I think we forget that we're not only saved, we're also called. We're not just saved, we're also called. There's a calling of God on your life. We're called to something. We are called to follow Christ. And look at what he says, be holy because I am holy. You know what? The God that lives inside of you is holy, so you should be holy. So, amen? Yeah, okay, cool. Which leads me to my main point today. We should radically avoid sin by radically pursuing Jesus. Should we cut off our hands and lop off our ears and foot? And actually, Matthew 19 includes the feet in there. Jesus says it again. No. But should we be radically running from sin and radically pursuing Jesus? Yes. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person. I want to be a marriage. I want to have a family. I want to be a part of a a community that we are radically running from sin, full of grace. We're loving people when we're down. We're not condemning people. We're not throwing more stones at people. We're picking them up. But at the same point, we're also moving towards Christ, and we are doing both. A couple weeks ago, I, I knew I was preaching on this message, and Pastor Eugene and I had some conversation, and I love this analogy he gave me on a really simple kind of napkin thing. But here's sin on one side, and here's God on the other. And, and I just I want to be clear, because I think running away from sin is also pursuing God. Right. Like, it's not, it's not and or, it really is both and. Because in the New Testament, we see two different things. There are times when, when, when the, the scriptures are basically saying, dude, run after God. Go for him, man. Let's give him everything. And other times it's saying, run from sin. So it's not one or the other. It really is both and. And as you run from sin, you're going to find yourself running more to God. And I asked the creative team to add one more little arrow right here. You see that? Because I want us to remember that he's also running after you. He's running after you. Dude, Jesus is radically pursuing you. You did not show up on accident today. He did not put all the things in your life for just a random reason. He is pursuing you. Because here's my fear about this message is that we would walk out of here legalistic going, and we would actually find ourselves worshiping sin and not worshiping the God that covered all of it. And so, but I, so I wanted to see this because every other religion is about how we get to God. Every other religion would take this little arrow and would throw it out and it would say, you got to do this, 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 and then maybe you'll get there. But Christianity, our relationship with God is that while we were still in our sin, God started pursuing us 
and we will actually find most fulfillment internally, externally, and eternally when we choose to respond back to him and pursue him with everything in us. Amen. I felt, this is not full by the way. I'm a king of cheesy illustrations, so. Um, I, 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 when I got to this moment in my message, I was thinking through, what do I do here? Like, do I spend the next 15 minutes and like break down, okay, like get in your Bible, get in your, you know, take a next step. And I will, I will share a couple of those things. The truth is, do you know God created you? You know how to run after God more than you think. Yes, we do need some strategy. Yes, we do need some steps. Yes, we need to be, te- we need to be taught. But the truth is, you know how to run after stuff. And I felt like today, now some of you, there may be no fire for God, and I am so glad that you showed up today. And at the end of this message, I'm gonna ask you to start a relationship with Jesus. And I believe there's gonna be a spark that's gonna start inside of you that started inside of me years ago. But I I believe for many of us today, there is a small flame. It's just kind of dormant. And I, I just felt like, God, would you allow us to have a moment in this service today? to just pour some gasoline on the fire that's inside of us. I, I, I just, I, I, I'm praying that God would wake up our passion. And listen, if you're already there, awesome. But for others, can I challenge you today to get passionate for the things of God again? Just man, let's, let's get passionate about, let's be quick to run from sin. Let's be quick to avoid those things in our lives, man. And, and in the same sense, man, let's run after God. Man, let's create moments with him. I encourage you, man, dust off that prayer list and start praying again. Dust off that word and start getting back into it. Don't let condemnation say, well, you're just, you're just gonna start it again and a couple days are gonna go by. No, 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 no. We're gonna keep that flame going, man. We're gonna keep that. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to, to fill us fresh today because Jesus is passionately pursuing it. And let me give you some quick points, real quick. Number one, just a couple thoughts here. I I, I challenge you to be radical in pursuing God in repentance. Let's be people that repent, that we turn away from God. Quick, men, get off the internet, stop. Get off the internet, run from that. It starts small, you think you can hide it. Listen, I'm not asking you to look around, I'm not, I'm not embarrassing anybody, but statistics are high that I need to say this in this moment. Run from that, it's going to destroy you. And listen, it's not just gonna destroy you eternally, it's not just gonna destroy you externally, it's gonna destroy you internally. And stats after stats after stats would say, those that watch pornography on a regular basis are less, they are less satisfied sexually. It just, I mean, like, like those aren't Christian stats. Like that's, that is real. That's just secular. It's just the truth because this stuff is real because God actually knows what he's talking about. It will destroy you on the inside. Run from it. Man, I did, and, I, and students, man, I know you're going to be in a conference next week, but man, run from sin. Stand up for God. Stand up in your workplace. And listen, be full of grace. Sinners are going to sin. You're not a sinner anymore. All right, others said sinners are going to sin, but you're not. So don't be, don't be getting self-righteous on me here, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get one thing figured out, you read your Bible for three days, and all of a sudden, everybody should be reading their Bible, right? You all know how that goes. Don't go there. Come on, we're going to be, 
Because that's not pursuing God. That's pursuing legalism. That's not God. God would love people full of grace, full of truth, right? Pursue God in repentance. Um, How do I skip this? I have to. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. That's the goal. But if you do, guess what? There's an advocate. Jesus Christ is your advocate. And he's there. The righteous one for you. Let's go to the next thing. Pursue God in full devotion. Do you know our mission statement here at City Church is to bring God's love to the city one person at a time and lead them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. I challenge you to be fully devoted. Let me show you a scripture. 1 Kings 8.61 says, Solomon is rebuilding the temple here. If you can imagine, the building on the exterior looks amazing, immaculate. It was destroyed, now it looks awesome. But Solomon here, he addresses the heart. He says, I know everything on the outside looks good, but here's what I'm challenging you. Let your hearts be fully committed. Let our hearts be fully devoted. Can I ask you, how devoted are you to Jesus? How devoted are you to Christ? To the person of Jesus? Don't let this, this isn't a condemnation moment. This is an open door to a journey, to an adventure with God. Let's, let's increase our devotion towards God. He's worth it. It will create more joy on the other end. And lastly, man, let's pursue God together. I encourage you today, if you're not in a small group, you need to be. You need to be. Every person in here, you need to be in a small group. Because I think one of the main reasons why our tank gets low, I think one of the main reasons why our fire gets dormant is because we're just not around other people to help us kindle the fire. Can we put it that verse? It says, spur on one another towards love and good deeds. There's a spurring on that happens when we get into small groups. And I encourage you today, go to our website, sign up for a small group on a connection card. Man, let's radically avoid sin by radically pursuing Jesus. Would you stand to your feet all across this place? I finished my message early because I want I, I really felt like I didn't want to just give you head knowledge today. I really wanted God to speak to your heart right in this moment. So I have a question for you. What would it look like for us to do this? What would it look like for you to personally, radically avoid sin by radically pursuing Christ? Sir, what are some things that you need to cut off? Ma'am, what are some things that you need to cut off? What are some areas that we're just not radical towards? I don't know about you, but I want to be somebody that radically avoids sin by radically pursuing Jesus. I want the same for you today. I want to pray for you. The band's going to lead us through a song. And I know this might be a stretch for you, and that's okay. But I would encourage you, if you feel comfortable, to lift up your hands in just a second and join our team. It just says an act of surrender. That's it. And if you, if you don't want to do that, no problem. It just says an act of surrender. And I would love for you to try, even if you don't know the words, try to join our congregation in a moment of just saying, God, we are pursuing you with everything in us. So can I pray for us? And then as we go out, man, let's take a moment. I'm gonna come back up. I'm gonna give us some more direction, but I wanna give you the next few minutes here. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your goodness. 
We thank you today for your mercy. God, I pray today that we would radically avoid sin by radically pursuing you. And Lord, I'm asking for your spirit to fill us fresh, to fan into flame, God, our heart's passions towards you. And so Lord, we lift up our voice together and we declare, God, we give you all of us. Now from the front to the back, if you feel comfortable, would you declare this together? Come on.